grateful that you guys are here to the Recovery House of Worship. Very excited to see you. Um, want to just uh, make a mention. We are honored to have in the room the senior pastor of the Staten Island House of Worship with his wife, James. And would you guys stand up? We want to honor you guys. We love you guys. These guys are awesome. These guys are awesome. Praise God for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I get nervous around James because he's a really, really good preacher. And uh, I feel concerned when I'm around him preaching, but uh, I'll try to preach worthy of his presence. And isn't God good? Yeah, yeah, he's good. So we're grateful to have you here, Pastor. Thank you guys for coming. We are honored that you're here. Um, today, we are going to speak about something that threatens your health. Today, we're going to take focus on an issue that would be threatening to the relationships that you have, every one of them. Today, we're going to dig deeper and learn about an issue that can shorten your life. Men, it can literally cause your hair to fall out. It can keep you up at night and make you go to the hospital with illnesses that you don't really have. The issue that we're going to talk about today affects every single one of us at one degree or another. And if you miss on what the Bible says today about this very issue, you you threaten your very well-being. And so I want you to listen with big ears because what we're going to talk about today is very, very, very important. Who here would say, you know what, I I just want to be happy? Who here would say that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who here would say, you know what, I just want want peace. I just want peace. That's what I want. I'd like a little peace. Okay. This enemy that we're going to speak about today will guarantee that you never see either one of those things. And so if you're very serious, serious at all about your happiness or your peace, you're going to want to hear what God has to say in His Word about this issue. What are we talking about? We are talking about worry. Worry has the power to destroy your relationship. It has the power to keep you up at night. It has the power to take away your health. Worry has the power to make your mind spin to the degree where you need to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist and get medication. Worry has a way of sapping the joy and the peace and the happiness in your life. But every single one of us will go through periods of worry. Because God knows that you and I are prone to worry, that you and I are prone to move towards anxiety, that you and I are prone to be concerned and consumed with other things. God, in His Word, has placed for us an antidote for worry. And He wants you to know it. And listen to me, if you haven't been to church in years... God loves you so much, He brought you this perfect day for you to start your journey. If you've been in church 
For, and what I mean is that, and, and here's what I mean. I don't mean church is a building. I, I mean, here's what I mean. I mean, we are the church. And I want to thank you, first and foremost, for bringing the church into this building. Because when we congregate, when God's people come to hear God's word for the sake of God's glory in doing God's will in this power of the Spirit of God, that's when church happens. And so, so I'm grateful. But listen, if you've, if you've gathered together as the church for years, I'm so grateful that you're here because God has placed you here because there's an issue that He has to address in your soul or you will have no peace and you will have no joy. So listen, listen intently because your joy is at stake. Your peace is at stake. So one of the um, traditions that we have, and we don't have too many at the Recovery House of Worship, but one of the traditions that we have is that we stand at the reading of God's Word. The reason that we stand is because God's Word is holy and other, and we lift Him high, really, really high. And so we're going to read God's Word together because it's it's wonderful. And uh, we'll read it in a nice, loud voice. Will you do this with me? Will you do it with me? Okay, for the 15 of you, I appreciate that. But will the rest of you do it with me? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, cool. Good news. All right. On the count of three, we'll read it together in a nice, strong, loud voice, like you're at a Beyonce concert, okay? All right. All right, let's try. One, two, three. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day. This is God's Word. Praise God. Yeah. Have a seat. That was fantastic reading. That's the best reading I've ever heard you do. Keep that up. That was awesome. We are in a brand new series. The series is called Lent. Some of you grew up in Catholic or other uh, denominations. And you 
heard about Lent and you thought it was just, well, I gotta give up meat or I gotta give up something in order to experience. And what we're saying is, no, 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 that's not the point. The point is to make room for Jesus. Here's what I mean by saying make room for Jesus. I mean that some of us, most of us, if not all of us, are so busy with the things of life, going from place to place, doing thing to thing, having one appointment after another appointment, and we find ourselves so busy that we never, never spend time to do what we just sung about. Growing a little closer, drawing a little deeper, taking that, listen to me, that takes time. And so what we're saying is, we're going to say no to these potential good things. We're not saying that they're evil or wrong or bad or sin. We're just going to say, we're going to say no to those things so we can say yes to God things. So that we could say, Jesus, I want to spend more time with you. I'm going to, I'm going to stop, I'm not, I'm going to get off Facebook till Easter. So that I could spend the time that I spend being, being on Facebook. I'm going to spend that time with Jesus. And I'm going to grow in love with Him and seek His face and honor Him. Or, um, some of us said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give up chocolate. And yeah, some of y'all are like, I don't like Jesus like that. You're going to have to pick something else. Yeah, I know. Right. We're going to give up chocolate. And what we're going to say is that we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. And we're going to feast on Christ. So the time that it would take me to pick out the Snickers, to unwrap the Snickers, to pay for the Snickers, to eat the Snickers, to throw away the wrap, to, you know, like, the, the time that it would take me to do all that, I'm going to take all of that time in prayer, seeking out God. And what will happen if you've started doing this, you know what happens, right? As soon as you leave here, you get tempted to do the very thing that you said you were going to put on the side. And that is the point. The point is, is that there are too many things that call upon our emotions, too many things that desire our attention, too many things. And Jesus is saying, would you give that up? Because I'm better. No matter what it is, I'm better, Jesus would say. And so that's what we're doing in this series. Now, today, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at giving up worry. And aren't you glad? Like, I mean, who here, who here says, nah, 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 I need me some worry. Come on. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. There's like one crazy person in the room that says, I need, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So we, we, we say, you know what? I don't want worry. None of us want to worry. None of us want concern. None of us, none of us want to embrace anxiety. All of us want to be free from that. And so Jesus knows that you and I will struggle about this. And so he puts it in his word and he says, do I have a word for you? And here's what he says. Here's the first word he says. Therefore. Therefore. Now, as you know, and we've taught in um, our congregation, whenever you see a therefore, you have to ask what question? What's the therefore, therefore? We have to ask that question. What's the therefore, therefore? In other words, the therefore is a word that connects. You never start a sentence or you never start a conversation with therefore. You, 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 you only add a therefore if you've said something and then you want to do something as a result. Right? So like for instance, I would never say, therefore, let's go to the beach. I would never start a conversation like that. But I, w- I would say, uh, boy, it looks really hot outside. Therefore, I'm going to go to the beach. See, because this is true, 
I'm going to do this. Because this is a reality, I'm going to do this. So it starts off the passage with, therefore, what could Jesus be speaking about? Well, he's talking about the passage that we talked about last week. Remember, we said that we could spend our lives pouring riches into stuff that feeds moths and is plunder for thieves. Or, that's the earthly treasures that we could live our lives for. Or, we could live our lives for heavenly treasures where moths don't get full and thieves find no plunder. And so, Jesus said... Therefore, since I just told you this about the number one heavyweight champ for your peace, which, or for your uh, affections, the number one heavyweight contender for your affections is money, is your stuff. And Jesus says, therefore, since we just told you that trust God with your finances, invest in the kingdom, have treasures in heaven, therefore, since we got that big rock out of the way, I want to speak to you about the rest of this. I tell you, do not worry. Uh Now listen. Whenever anybody's going to give me any level of correction, immediately and instinctively, I try to disqualify them. Immediately. You do it too. Don't look at me like I'm funny. You do it too. Whenever somebody gives me a critique or when someone wants to change the way I'm acting, or when someone wants to address my attitude, immediately I think of a way of trying. So it'll be like this. Hey, Ed, I think you drink too much. I go, yeah, I think you eat too much. You know, or something like that, right? Or, or they'll say, hey, Ed, I think, you know, hey, man, you know, you, you smoke too much. And I go, yeah, your mother dresses you funny, right? And so whatever it is, I try to disqualify you because if I don't disqualify you, then I actually have to address the thing that you're talking about. And so instinctively, I just go, no, you got to change. I don't got to change. You got to change. But listen, beloved, Jesus is saying, I tell you, not your sister, not your brother-in-law. Try if you want, but you can't legitimately disqualify Jesus. What are you going to tell him? says, therefore, since we just discussed this thing about finances and now you trust God with your dough, I tell you, I'm going to say something that's going to rock your world. I'm going to share with you, but it's coming from me. The one who loves you to death. The one who will do anything for you. I know you, I know you had lovers yes. say, boy, I swim the farthest sea for you. And I know you've had lovers who said, man, I would climb the highest mountain. And I know you've had lovers that said, I would walk through the driest desert. But none of them have ever done anything like dying for you. And the one who died for you to save you says, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Don't disqualify me. Don't go, yeah, but that's Jesus. Listen, stop it. Stop. I'm going to tell you. The one who was so weighted with your sin that in a garden, he asked his best friends to stay up and pray with him because he was so concerned. 
they went to sleep. And He still prayed for you. Prayed for me. And in that garden, the pressure was so great that the capillaries in the temple of His head burst. And what came out of His pores was not sweat, but blood. And the guy who's seen more things to worry about than you will ever see in all of eternity, that guy said, now listen to me. So listen. And I need you to listen because Jesus is going to look at your mail. And he's going to mess with you right now. So I just want you to be open enough to just say, you know what? Maybe you know better than I do. Maybe. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. You know what the most frustrating thing for me to hear when I'm having like an anxiety attack or when I'm concerned about something? You know what the most frustrating thing for me to hear is? Don't worry. Are you the same way? I go, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. You about to have to worry about a beating. Uh, you don't understand. This is serious. Worst thing you could do. Have you ever, have you ever tried that with your wife? Uh-huh. It's like, oh yeah, where are the kids? Don't worry. <laughs> right? It's just like, demons come out. Right? Why? Why? Because we think it's a flippant answer. We think it's like silly. We think we go, you know what? You just don't understand my anxiety. Whenever somebody says to me, don't worry, I know immediately they don't understand what I'm going through. Unless... Unless when they say, don't worry, immediately afterwards, they give me the solution to my problem. So, say for instance, I go in my car, I'm late for an interview. It's an important interview. I got to get this job. If I don't get this job, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. Put the key in the car, find out that I left the door open all night long. The light's been draining the battery. It is dead. Nobody's around. Winter. I don't have cables. I don't have a battery. Oh my goodness. I'm clicking on the car. Now, my wife comes down. And in her little, you know, she comes down and she goes, Oh, sweetie, don't worry. Now, freeze the frame right there. Freeze the frame right there, right? So in that moment, right, it's tough for me to figure out, like, how quickly to grab her, right? It's tough for me. I might have to do it immediately. It's like, this might be a violent moment, right? I'm like, ay, 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 you know, just like, you know, this is wartime, right? It's bad. I'm, I'm under pressure. Did, did you just hear? It's cold. Battery's dead. Nobody's around. No cables. I'm done. Now, however, if she spoke very quickly and said, don't worry, a helicopter is coming, will land on the roof, and will take you to your appointment in five minutes, then I go, oh, thank you for telling me not to worry. All of a sudden, I'm free to hear whatever she has to say. Jesus is going to do that very thing. He's not, just going to t- he's not going to be the first kind of person who tells you don't worry, who doesn't add any kind of value. He's not going to go, oh, don't, oh, you got cancer? Don't worry. Oh, your kids are acting like the devil? No problem. Oh, your, your, um, your spouse is doing suspicious things and you think that they might be going outside your marriage? No te apure. He doesn't do that. Jesus is not flippant. Jesus takes, listen to me, There's a place in the Bible where it says God collects your tears in a bottle. I don't know how precious that is to you, but for me, that he feels every moment of pain. 
every moment of anxiety. That he says, these tears will not go to waste. And he collects them. It is to this love that is speaking to you. And he says, don't worry. Helicopters come into the building. You're going to be okay. Not the first kind of don't worry. That's flippant. But the second kind that says, I'm going to give you some answers. I want you to hear them. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink. He gets specific. What What do you mean life? What you eat, what you drink, the stuff of life. What you wear. What you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear. So what Jesus is doing is he's covering the baseline of life. Right? We need clothes. We need food. He's covering the baseline of life. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, Jesus is asking a rhetorical question. In other words, he doesn't want you to answer that. He knows the answer already and he assumes that you know the answer. So what is it, class? Is not your life worth more than what just your clothes and your food? Isn't that true? Sure it is. Look at the birds of the air. I was tracking with Jesus up until this point. I was like, okay, don't worry, and it's Jesus, so he's, you know, he understands my soul. Then he goes and he says, look at the birds. Really? Birds? You want me to look at birds? Jesus is doing something, I said, he's doing something incredibly important. You say, Pastor, I thought you said that Jesus was going to say, don't worry, and then bring a solution. Listen, he's getting to that. He's getting to that. But he's trying to prove a point. So he goes, look at the birds. And my initial response is, no, I'm not going to look at the birds. Thank you very much. I'm very busy looking at this problem, which is absolutely consuming my life. And this is the first lesson that Jesus is going to teach us about worry. Worry makes our lives smaller. Look up! Look at the birds! No, 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 no. You don't understand. If I don't get this job, then they're gonna, the bills are gonna come. They're gonna take away the car. And they're gonna, stop! Look at the birds. No, 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 no. But if I don't, if I, if my health situation doesn't turn out better, they say I only have six months. Stop! Look at the birds. No, no, no. But my mother, she's getting sicker and I gotta take care of her. And if I don't take care of her, she's gonna be abused. Stop! Look at the birds. Look at the birds. Get out of your little ghetto that you're living in your mind. This focus on this one thing. Isn't it true that when you're worried about something, you think about that to the exclusion of everything else? Isn't it true? Right? So like, so like, you're, you know, you're, you're worried, uh, about your kid coming home on time. Right? And you do, man, you stay up late and you waiting for them to come home and you're texting and calling and all that other stuff. And you're so worried. You don't think about anything else. You don't think about the other kids that are in their beds. You don't think about your loving spouse. 
You don't think about, you don't think about the health that God has given you. You don't think about that, you know, hey, this is not the end of the world. If they're five minutes late, you can correct them and train them and all that other stuff. But it doesn't have to consume your every waking hour. Jesus knows that when you and I worry, we focus on the worry to the exclusion of all the other blessings. When we're worried, when we're worried about getting to the job for that interview, to, get, to getting to the interview for the job, when we're worried about that, we're not thanking him for the train that he's given us so that we might be able to take that train 15 miles to go to a job that we would have never have gotten to by foot. We never bother thanking him for the clothes that he's given us so that we could interview well. We never thank him for the schooling that he's given us and the life experiences that he's handed to us so that we might be able to um, uh, for, uh, provide for our families and even do well on this interview. We never think about the health that he's given us. Man, we got our limbs. We got our, uh, we're in our right mind. When we're going to the interview and we're worried about the interview, we worry about this issue to the exclusion of everything else. So Jesus says, Look at the birds. Stop looking at your worry. It'll make your nights sleepless. It'll make your days filled with trouble. Yeah, 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 but what about the kids? Listen. Look at the, look at the birds. Alright. I'll look at the birds. They do not sow or reap. Yeah, yeah, get on with it. Come on, Jesus. I got, I'm on a time frame here. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus is saying, take your mind off of the thing that you're concerned about and look at this because I'm trying to prove a point here. There are birds in the air. They, they have no faith, and yet they live out faith better than believers. They trust God for their daily bread. They trust God for all their needs. You never see them fretting. They trust that they'll get what they need every day. There are those of us who would call ourselves Christ followers, but so we, we speak of ourselves with our lips. We say we're Christians and then we live like atheists. In other words, we say, Jesus, I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. I love you. You're wonderful. You're great. You can take care of everything. But this thing? I'll take that one right here, boy. I'm going to have to address this issue. This is a real concern. And you might be a little too busy for this. So I got this one. Thank you very much. And Jesus would say, no. No, no, no. You're grabbing onto the wrong things. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. And then he says, this is his punchline. Are you not much more valuable than they, than the birds? Well, are you? Oh yeah. Mm. Some of you don't believe that. Mm. You are. Amen. You are. Mm. 
in God's economy, you are infinitely more valuable than any bird. You are infinitely more valuable. And if God can manage to take care of the birds, do you think He'll be able to manage you? If He can manage to feed these little... Th- can, can he do? If He can put the stars in the sky, do you think He can take care of your issues? Of course He can. But when we worry, we can't see that because we're not being reasonable. We're simply being reactionary. Verse 27, and here's the deal. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Isn't that incredible? Jesus is saying that worry is a worthless emotion. That it does you no good. Watch this. Listen, if you're worried about something that you can't change, don't worry. You can't change it. And if you're worried about something that you can change, don't worry. Change it. Worry is a worthless, a worthless emotion. Jesus Jesus is saying, it won't give you an inch to your height or an hour to your life. It will not add any value. The only thing that worry adds is grief. Worry does not Add any value to your life. So he says, since these simple things, since you, listen to me, by worry you can't turn your hair blonde or black. Since by worry you can't give yourself an inch of height. Since by worry you cannot give yourself a minute more in your day. Since worry can't do these basic things, God can give you more life. God can give you strength. God can give you what you need day to day. Don't worship worry. Worship Jesus. Which, by the way, is the point. The point today is to trust Jesus, not worry. We're not going to trust in worry. We're not going to give our emotions to worry. We're going to trust Jesus. Because in the end, the question is, when it comes to worry, can Jesus be trusted? Can Jesus be trusted with my singleness? Can Jesus be trusted with my sexuality? Can Jesus be trusted with my old age? Can Jesus be trusted with my savings? Can Jesus be trusted with my business? Can Jesus be trusted with my health? Can Jesus be trusted with my clean time or, and or sobriety? Can Jesus be trusted? Can Jesus be trusted? And so we're saying we are going to trust Jesus, not worry, because worry doesn't add a second of value to your life. Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? Well, the reason I worry about clothes is, if you're asking, the reason I worry about clothes is because I put a great value on them. You need to understand that your worry comes from, listen, you want to find out what you worship, follow your worry. 
some of you will get that on the drive home. I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> if you want to follow, if you want to find what you worship, follow your worry. You worry about the things most that you value the most. Amen. So if you're not worried about your, if you if your, if your car is like a 1984, whatever, right? Um, you're like, well, this car is going to break down. Well, you're not that worried about it. You're like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's had its life. It's given me a bunch of years. We're, we're fine. But if you're driving around in a brand new car and now you inspect the car every time you leave it and every time you come back to the morning to it, you're worried. What are you worried about? You're worried about thing that you bestowed some value and maybe too much value. Because that's what worry does. Worry reveals where your worship can be. I don't want you to get stuck. This is why Jesus doesn't want you to get stuck on worry. He doesn't want you to worship your concerns. He wants you to worship Him. Why are you worried about your clothes? Well, it's the reason. It's because I value them. Don't you trust me, Edwin, for your clothes? Hmm. I trust you for my salvation. Yes, yes. Ask me another question. Um, do you trust me for your eternity in heaven? Yes. I remember doing this with a young girl. This is a bunch of years ago. And she, you know, she was talking, I was talking to her, and she was really experimenting with being promiscuous. I'm, I'm saying it as kindly as I can. Right? She was just being reckless with her body. And I was like, why are you doing this? And she was like, well, you know, I want to I wanna have fun. That was the big deal, right? Because girls, they want to have fun. And so, so that was the number one thing. And then the second thing, the second thing was, she goes, well, how else am I going to find, like, a potential husband or if I don't, you know, do these things? And I said, well, number one, you're not going to, the guy you're going to find is not the guy you're going to want to live with for the rest. Believe me, Right. So uh, how many people here think that the club is the ideal place to find a spouse? Yeah, Like, oh, yes, in the club. That's where I want to be. Like, that's where I'm going to find a very faithful person. Like, yeah. Some of y'all, and I agree, listen, some of y'all met in the club. I love y'all. I understand. I'm just saying. You are grateful for Jesus because your club thing didn't work out so well. And so, okay, so you get my point. So... So I was like, okay, well, you're, you're, not, you're not looking in the right places. You're looking for love in all the wrong places, if we're going to be quoting songs today, right? And so, so, so she says, I want to have fun. I said, so I gave her a quiz, and I said, this is a simple quiz. I said, um, do you trust Jesus to take away your sin, i.e. your salvation? She goes, of course. I go, do you trust Jesus to sanctify you? That is, to grow you and mature you in Christ as you get older. She goes, of course, you teach that almost every week. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And I was like... She goes, I go, do you trust Jesus um, to keep you from hell and stabilize you and establish you in heaven? She goes, absolutely. It's, it's a hope of mine. You know, because she had a really difficult circumstance in life. I said, so let me understand this. You trust Jesus with your past and all the raw, dirty things you've ever done. You trust Jesus with your present and his sanctifying work in your life. You trust Jesus with your future for heaven and to be with him forever and you don't trust Jesus for a boyfriend? See how silly that sounds? Because what that suggests to me is that you don't trust Jesus, not really, with your past, 
You don't trust Jesus with your present, and you don't trust Jesus with your future. See, the things that we worry about, the things that consume us, will threaten to move us from trusting Jesus to being consumed, obsessed, focused on this little thing. And it's making your life smaller. Why do you worry about your clothes? Because I find value in them, that's why. Well, there's something of greater value here, Edwin. Recovery House of Worship, there is something of greater value than the food that you eat and the clothes that you wear. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon has no equivalent in our modern day. If you said Bill Gates, you would have to dumb down Solomon's riches. Solomon was the richest guy probably that ever lived. Solomon had everything. He had the most unique and crazy appetites. Everything. There's a book that Solomon wrote. It's called Ecclesiastes. He says this. He says, I denied myself nothing. Some of you know exactly what he means. I denied myself nothing. Let me tell you something. The fastest way to hell on earth is that little philosophy right there. To deny yourself. You need to deny yourself something, right? I mean, my goodness, if you don't deny yourself Twinkies, it's going to go badly for you later on in life, right? And so there's a lot more that you need to deny yourself. Right, right, right? I want it, but I'm not going to have it. Well, Solomon said, I deny myself nothing. Solomon wasn't as well dressed as the flowers in the field. Solomon, who took such great care of looking opulent and beautiful. Solomon, who who had riches that he could import the kind of fabrics that you and I can only read about in books. That Solomon was a very, very... That Solomon dressed like he got his clothes from the Salvation Army. That Solomon looked like he had some hand-me-downs. It was, you know, he, was a, he was a medium, and he had a triple extra-large shirt on, and he was a size... He was a size 33 waist, and he had size 40 pants, and you know, that, like, you know, he was a size 9 in sneakers, and he had a size 11 on. Like, you know, it's that, that, that guy who imported things, had things tailored and custom to his body, and was dressed as beautiful as anybody could possibly dress, looked like a guy who got his last clothes from the street corner in comparison to the flowers of the field. God is making a point here, guys. I wonder if you're catching... You know, sometimes when I speak, I wonder sometimes if I'm being clear. I wonder if I'm being clear here. Worry is worthless. Jesus is worthy of our worship. We are to trust Jesus, not worry. Because even the people who can afford the greatest wealth and who can have the greatest things, they are nothing in comparison to what God has to provide. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Question. Will he? Now I'm talking about your personal stuff. Can 
Can you trust God with your clean time? Do you have to worry about that every second? Can you trust God with your spouse? Do you have to hound them? Do you have to make them difficult? Can you trust God with your... Listen. Can you trust God to satisfy the longings and the desires of your heart even if they don't get fulfilled in the way that you like for them to be fulfilled? That's what Jesus is asking. Will He not much more clothe you? And I love this little phrase. He says, you of little faith. It's such a, it's like almost a term of endearment. It's almost like he's pinching our cheeks. He goes, you little faither. That's exactly the way it comes out in the Greek. You little faither. Oh, you little faither. Because he wants our faith to grow. So, since I just told you all this stuff about worry, since I'm teaching you about your finances and I'm teaching you about worry and concern, so, there it is again. Don't worry. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need Him. Listen. Jesus is giving us the two reasons why we don't need to worry. One, is because you look like a pagan. Two, is because your Papa in heaven knows what you need. He's not... Like, let me tell you... Okay. Can I tell you something? There has never been sweat on the Father's brow. Do you know that? You know that the whole thing about never let them see you sweat? God has never had to worry about that. God has never had... There is nothing that has happened in your life. There is nothing that you've experienced caught God by surprise and that He couldn't redeem. Nothing. And so the circumstances that happen to us or the things that we fear will happen to us. God says, no, I don't want you to worry about that. I don't want you to worry about that. Two reasons. One, is because you look like a pagan. Two, it's because I know. And don't you trust that I'm your papa and that I love you? I mean, don't, don't you trust? Jesus is saying, don't you trust the Father? See, and we said this earlier. I'll say it again. Some of us profess Christianity and practically live out atheism. So we say, yes, we believe Jesus. But and then we look at trying to take up every concern and every worry and just say, I'll take care of this. I'll deal with this. I'll address this. I'll handle this. I'll do this. This is me. Don't worry about it. It's almost like, um, have you heard this? This is, this is like a preacher story. Um, uh, a preacher story, by the way. When I say a preacher story, I mean um, stories that are not necessarily true, um, but that you just, uh, tell them because it, they prove a point, sort of like a parable. right? So I don't know if this has ever happened, but I'm just saying it's a preacher story. So a guy's like walking down, um, he's walking down the road, and he's an older gentleman. He has a 50-pound sack on his back, and he's walking down the road, and some guy with a pickup truck drives right by him. He says, wow, that's, that's a pretty heavy and long road. So he gets out of his truck, pulls over, gets out of his truck, asks the guy, hey, where are you going? He goes, I'm going three miles down the road. The guy goes, man, let me, let me take you. I'm going that same way. Let me you know, get on the truck. I'll take you. He goes, man, that's fantastic. That's really kind of you. So he gets in the back of the pickup truck and he's standing in the back of the pickup truck with the sack on his shoulder. 
And the guy drives for about three quarters of a mile, and he sees, oh, my goodness. There, he's, he looks in the rearview mirror, and he sees he's still holding on to a second. I wonder if something's wrong. So he pulls over again and gets out of the car and says, hey, you could put that sack down. He goes, you could sit down and be more comfortable. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't want to burden you any more than I already am. It's crazy, right? To be carrying the sack, the guy is driving him, and he goes, I don't want to burden you. By putting the, you know, this is, the, this is a great illustration about how many Christians live with Christ. Christ says, I saved you. I love you. I'll sanctify you. I'll make your way home. I'll make sure that you make it to heaven. I'll, I'll do everything that you need for peace and joy and freedom and faithfulness to God. I'll do everything. And we're carrying our burdens. And we're saying, Jesus, that sounds so good. He goes, well, why don't you put down that burden? I go, no. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to burden you anymore. He goes, knucklehead, I'm carrying you anyway. I put in the knucklehead. He doesn't actually kill me. The point is, the point is we desperately need to hand over our concerns, our worries, and our fears. We're going to learn how to trust Jesus, not worry. For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom. Here's the solution, guys. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God says, tell you what, I'll make you a deal. You take care of the business that I want you to take care of, and I'll take care of your business. Isn't that a good deal? Awesome. Like, okay, okay, you do what I tell you to do. You be all about the kingdom. You be all about pursuing, loving, receiving from, resting in Christ. And I'll worry. I'll be the one who worries. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over and over again. I, I was driving uh, our car and... Um, uh, it was bald, the tires were bald, and this was like during the fall. And as I was driving, the tire, like, you know how it went to shreds? Didn't like, you know how like you get like a little bubble or a flat or something? Shreds, right? Like there's no tire left, just the little wires there to show that there was a tire there. By God's great sovereign grace, we pulled up, right, we pulled off right next to a Pet Boys. Isn't that cool? Like God goes, special delivery, right? I was like, this is so cool. So we go to the Pep Boys. We see them, and then we, you know, we're just like a block or two, or maybe three blocks away from them. And so it was awesome. We drive to the Pep Boys. They have changed. Now, here's the thing. I live off, I, I live off of a budget. Anybody here has, like, like, like unlimited finances? Anybody? Right? Anybody? Because I want to talk to you at the end of the service if you do. Okay. okay. I don't have unlimited finances. Okay. So I, so I go to the guy, I say, okay, well, we gotta change all four of the tires, cause I'm gonna change this tire, and then the other one's gonna go out, it's gonna be a mess. So we gotta change all four of the tires. Okay, great. $750. Thank you very much. Did not have it. Did not have it. So I did, I, I broke my own rule, which is never, 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 never use a credit card, unless you have the money to go home to transfer the money from the bank to the credit card. Like if you wanna get points, just, you know, do it and you get home, that's fine. But never buy anything on credit card. It's a great way to be miserable. And it's a great way, it's a great formula for divorce too. And so, 
So, you know, yeah, some of you women are going, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so, and so I just didn't have it. I had, there was nowhere I could pull it from. And I put on the card and I said, okay. So I took my wife out to eat and my kids because they were a little bit nervous and all that. And we went to eat and came back and the woman said, hey, good news. Just so happened that the tires that you picked have a $150 mail-in rebate. Right? Because, like, I, I, honestly, I, said the, I saw the 750 bill and I said, Pfft, do you have a problem? Because it's not my problem because this is not my money. This is God's money. I was like, do you have a bill to pay? Because I can't, I don't have to worry about it. It's his money. It's not like I planned this, right? I said, you got issues. Better do some overtime or something because you got problems. So I was like, she gave me the thing. I was like, 750 And it's like, oh, by the way, if you send in this mail in Rube, it'll be $150 that'll come back to you. I was like, all right, that's a good start. I said, all right, that's good. So, you know, so I get my wife. We got Brandon tires. We're real happy, especially after this winter. We're really grateful. I come back to my office, no kidding, in an envelope. I see it in the nicest letter, right? It goes, hey, I'm a missionary. Some of you know that. Um, and so we go, our church, because I get supported by different churches all throughout the country. And so um, the church said, Edwin, we couldn't pick you up as a missionary. However, we wanted to give you $250 to do whatever you like. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. I was like, I bet you do. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think they did that, or do you think God knew I was going to get flat tire and I was going to need some extra money? So I didn't, I didn't have to worry, right? So now watch this. So that we're, and let's do some math, right? So that's $150 plus $200. Anybody know how much that is, right? There's some play. That's $400, right? Man, I got tires for half off. Not so bad, right? Well, I'm sitting the very next day. I'm sitting in my office. I'm not kidding. This happened... I want to say it happened in November, right? It was something like that, right? I'm looking at my wife to see if she remembers. But I can look at the receipt and tell you the exact date. This didn't happen long ago. And so I'm sitting at my office, and this never, does this ever happen to you? This never happens to me. I get paid once a month. I never look at my check because I'm a good husband, so I give it to my wife, right? And so I give my check to my wife. She puts it in the bank. I don't ever look at it. So I, I go, the, the finance person from our church comes and says, Edwin, we made a mistake on your check. Now, stop right there for a second. What usually happens? What do people say after that statement, right? right? It's never good news, right? Never. So I was like, and I'm trying to be spiritual because I am a pastor, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, well, don't worry. Praise God. What are we talking about? You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm like, oh, we overpaid you by like $10,000. We're not going to pay you for like 10 years. I was like, wow. So I'm, I'm waiting for that kind of deal. And he says, I don't know why this happened, but we shorted you. And I don't even know what month it happened. I didn't bother to ask. You never ask these questions when this stuff happens, right? I, she goes, we shorted you like $300. I was like, I was like, well, I forgive you. It's no problem. I feel love in my heart. So let's do the math. Let's do the math. Let's do the math because we're doing math, right? We're in math class, right? What, what's the point today? Trust Jesus, not worry. What's the point? Trust Jesus, not worry. What's the point? Trust Jesus, not worry. So let's do the math, right? So we got the 150 plus 250. That's $400 plus 300. That's $700. God says, Edwin, do you think you can handle brand new tires for 50 bucks? I said, I think I can swing that. I said, I might. I might. 
That is one example. I've got, within the last... Within the last eight months, I have eight examples every month of God doing great things. Let me give you another one. I'm telling you, I got them. I could keep you here all day, all day. It was, we were coming into winter, and my wife reminded me, oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, she was like, she was like, Edwin, we know we really have to put money on the side for clothes. I was like, well, how much money do we have to put on the side, right? The girls have coats. They have dinner. She goes, Edwin, don't you remember? We lost all that in Sandy. I was like, oh, my goodness. Pastor calls me up, goes, Edwin. One of the supporting pastors. He says, out of nowhere. He says, Edwin, do you need anything? No. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. And he goes, well, how much do you need? I said, I need, I think, and like, you know, I don't know, right? I grew up on welfare. We bought like, you know, um, right? Like, you know, my, you know, my family was the one who, you know, like the cheese line and all the stuff. You know the kids that you guys made fun of? Yeah, I forgive you. Um, <laughs> I'm that kid, right? Well, so I grew up on cheese and all that other stuff. Well, here's the deal. He goes, can you help? I said, yes. He goes, well, what, what do you think is a ballpark number that you're going to need? I said, well, the girls are going to need coats. They're going to need boots. They're going to need, you know, you know, the unmentionables. And they're going to need all this other stuff. And I said, so I, I was like, I guess we need about, if you could, if your church could donate like $500, that would be amazing. And so I don't think about that stuff. I don't follow up with that stuff. God presented a door. I walked through it, whatever. It's Because you know why? We're going to trust Jesus. Not where we're not going to manipulate. We're not going to make things happen. We're not going to try to get our way. We're just going to trust Jesus. So what happens? Less than a month later, he comes by our house. He brings some donuts. I cook him a, a pizza because I make those pizzas at my house. And and he gives us. And he go, before he leaves, he goes, "Oh, by the way, Ed, remember uh, like a month ago or so we talked about? It? Here's the envelope. Church approved it." I'm like, score, $500, man. That's gonna... Now, my wife was reminding me, you know, coats don't cost $15 anymore. You know, it's like, you know, the, the three coats, you know, it's like, it's over $500 just for the three coats, right? Because you're going to get good winter coats. You want them to last for a long time, that kind of thing. So I open up the envelope. How many here know the punchline? It's not $500. It was $1,500. Here's the point. What's the point? Anybody know what the point is? Trust Jesus, not worry. And I want so bad for you to not be consumed with worry, but to be consumed with worship. I don't want you to trust worry. I want you to trust you. So here, what's our point? We're going to trust Jesus, not worry. So for the rest of this week, what I want you to do, as worries come up, Anybody here have some worries that your mind was going to as you were, yeah, right, right? Okay, so when your mind goes to those concerns, anxieties, and worries, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, Jesus, I'm going to trust you and not worry. And here's why. The reason is because the biggest concern that you and I would ever have in life is where we would spend our eternity. And there was nothing in you and nothing in me that could ever pay for our sins, for our shames, for our guilt, for our wrongs. Nothing could ever pay for it. And so Jesus said, trust me. And he was beaten. 
And He was hung on a cross. And you could not have saved yourself. He said, trust Me, Jesus said. And you could not have created a relationship with you and God by your good efforts. He said, trust Me. And then He went to the cross, died for your sins, rose from the grave, and is creating a new place for you in heaven. If we can trust Jesus with our salvation, listen, if we can trust, if we can trust Jesus with the biggest problem that we could ever have in all of life, Jesus says, I'll send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And I'll do that resurrection miracle in your life over and over and over again. I will resurrect your faith over and over. I will resurrect your trust over and over. Every, every day, I will crucify your sin and weakness. And I will resurrect trusting in Him. Oh my, don't you want that? Listen, even if you don't believe that, even if you're here and you're not sure that you're a Jesus father, don't you wish that was true? Here's good news. It's true. Over and over again. God has proved it in my life. He'll prove it in yours as well. Trust Him. Trust Jesus. Not worry. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to sing. We're going to sing because Jesus is worthy of our trust. We're going to sing because we transferred all of our focus from worry to Jesus. We're going to sing because we're going to be able to Trust Jesus, not worry. Father, I thank You for my friends. And I pray, O God, for the relationships that are here that are deeply concerned. I pray for those who are naturally inclined to anxiety. I pray for my brothers and sisters who this is not an academic sermon, Lord. They have real concerns. have real pains. Real worries. Remind us, oh God, that you catch every tear in your bottle. Remind us, oh God, that you love with a great love. Remind us, oh God, that you'll never leave nor forsake. Remind us, oh God, that it's not our problem. It's yours. It's not our relationship. It's yours. It's not. Our concern, it's yours. Teach us to trust you. Help us to see. And help us to celebrate that Jesus has overcome the greatest obstacle. That we can trust him for everything else. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.